right, everybody, welcome to another episode of EM Over Easy. We're here at DK Downer, home base. It's Drew Kelno here with Andy and our one of our favorite guests, Jeff Comp. We have a small audience. Uh, Chris Lloyd, who's been on the episode in the past, is sitting here. He may or may not speak up at some point. He seems to be preoccupied with other things, so we'll just let him do, uh, do his task as we're sitting here at the Downer. But this episode is dedicated on Geoff, uh, Jeff Comp wanted to talk a little bit about visualization in the ED, and this is an important topic, something I really like about, talk about, so Jeff, I'm going to let you take it from there. Tell us a little bit about this visualization stuff you're talking, thinking about. Absolutely. So, I got the bug in, like, sort of implanted by a couple of other really great podcasts. I know that, um, I believe uh, Core EM did an excellent one, and I believe that MRAP possibly did one as well. Uh, just talking about visualization in the ER and talking about how we can use some of these techniques that were initially developed and thought about in some of the sports realms in the early 70s, 80s, and now have become a little bit more uh, more used in the, the EM setting, especially in resuscitation or situations that maybe we don't see all the time. It's something that I've been able to use that has really helped me in a couple of situations specifically that have really given me a little bit of clarity in some uh, fairly hectic patient care situations. Now, is this like Mr. Miyagi stuff, like wax on, wax off, paint the fence? Or is this... So, you know, it, there's a, a little bit of both. Um, it does take a little bit of, of some buy-in to really get it to work and to really, really drink the Kool-Aid a little bit and do the actual exercises a little bit more thoughtfully and mindfully, but there's a lot of science behind it too. I mean, there are, there are some great studies that came out in the uh, 70s and 80s, and we really heard a lot about how there's some actual changes in the brain when you have people that either just practice some sort of skill, or if they sit and mindfully think about working through a whole process. Um, I don't remember the year that it came out, but there was one that was done in a trauma situation, and you had a team that was told to quietly, introspectively think about how they would work through methodically through a trauma. And then they had another team who was instructed to actually just practice in the, uh, in the trauma bay. And they had the, essentially the same output when it came to measuring on efficiency when they were tested after, after each of the, each of the uh, different groups were able to, uh, to practice and, and go head to head. So when you're talking about visualization, what? tell me exactly what you're going through when we talk about this, because I'm not sure to the everyday listener they're going to completely understand what we're talking about. So what's what's kind of the practice that you're doing? And then Andy and I can talk probably a little bit about how we practice this also. Right, absolutely. So I think the big thing is to think about a situation that maybe you're a little, un, a little bit uncomfortable with. So for some of the interns, when I've talked to them, I've said, hey, just a, a basic airway, getting all of the materials you need to the bedside, Prepping, prepping patient, all that kind of stuff. And then for me, I've been thinking some of the other advanced ones, um, a possible surgical airway, uh, passing a Blakemore tube, some of the things that maybe we don't see all the time, but going through the steps. And it's important when you're practicing to use a first person orientation. So close your eyes, get into a quiet spot and think about what's gonna happen from the initial EMS call to entering the trauma bay, making sure that you have all the materials that you need and thinking about specifics. I'm gonna be standing for, for a Craig, for example. I'm gonna be standing on the right side of my patient. With my left hand, I'm going to palpate that, uh, that cricothyroid cartilage, um, or cricothyroid membrane. With my right hand, I'm gonna make the vertical incision. Uh, and just going through everything slowly and methodically, seeing yourself doing and, and performing all the steps. And when do you do this? 
technique? Is this something you're doing when you're home, when you're on a bike ride, when you're on a run, whatever your, your downtime is? Or is this something you're doing in the emergency department before you actually perform a skill? So this is not something to be doing right before you perform a skill. I mean, it's good to be thinking through, but this is really done in a quiet, comfortable place, uh, maybe at home, the library, someplace that you, you feel at ease, and just going through and identifying all the key steps uh, and really working through it slowly and, again, slowly methodically. Now, after you've done it a couple of times, now, since I've gone through my surgical airway and I've created sort of my mental, mental movie, I can do it when I'm on a run or I can do it when I'm trying to fall asleep and it just helps review. The other thing that I've really found is when I identify a new situation, I find knowledge gaps. So I brought the Blakemore tube before. For the life of me, I can never remember how much, uh, how much you inflate both of the balloons. So going through the steps and reminding myself, oh shoot, I need to look that up again and remind myself uh, the specific numbers or remind myself a key step that I'm, I'm missing in my own thought or flow process. I think you brought up when you do it, I, I'm the same way, where I initially started doing this when I was at home, when I had some quiet time, but now I find myself even doing it kind of in the moment. Right. So where if you have kind of a mental construct on how you do this, you can do it like as you're walking to a resuscitation bay, you hear EMS yep. squat across, how am I going to visualize this code? Even when I have to deliver bad news, the walk which from my desk to the patient room to unfortunately deliver that, I'm kind of going through what's the best lead-in for this people. Having been in the room with them, kind of right. filling out the room, what's going to work out best to make this situation the best. Yeah. And, and so I like the idea that you can kind of build on that. You don't always have to do it at home. Right. But it gets to the point where it becomes second nature that you can do it almost anywhere. And that's the idea behind it. You know, yeah. the, the idea is so that you rehearse so many times that I don't want to say it makes it easy because that kind of conversation, Andy, will always yeah. be hard. Mm -hmm. But so the fact that you've gone through it before and you have an idea that you do have that comfort. And I, I was able to just have that kind of uh, feedback, I guess, personal feedback when I had a challenging airway. And I had this eerie kind of confidence in that I'd already practiced where I was gonna get my scalpel in our trauma bay. I knew where I was gonna get um, my betadine. And I, I had my bougie, I had my 602, and I was ready to do a crake if I needed to. The kind of comfort that I had with, if, it's, if it needs to happen, it's going to happen, sort of took off some of that anxiety mm -hmm. and it really gave me some clarity yeah. to help me f understand and know what I, what I was going to do. So listening to you guys both talk about your techniques of visualization, what I'm hearing is maybe a combination of two different things, which is one, Jeff, you're talking about preparing for procedures or things that you don't do very often, which is something I, I do a decent amount and used to do a lot more before I kind of built a repertoire of comfort with procedures, which is kind of using the motto that it's okay to have not done something in the ED, it's not okay to not have thought about doing something in the ED. Right. And so use those visualization techniques so that when the time comes that you're, you're already comfortable or familiar with the technique. And then when you're actually going to practice that technique in the ED, it's something that we've talked about in previous episodes, at least in my head, how I'm processing this together, which is kind of where I clear the mechanism of everything else going on. So I do that before a resus comes in, a sick patient comes in, I'm about to do a procedure, which is more like take that deep breath, flush everything else out away from what's been going on in the ED, release all my other patients, think about what I'm going to do real quick, run through the steps of the intubation, the central line, the recess, whatever it may be. Maybe not a step-by-step -step visualization, but just a, a quick get in the right frame of mind and then actually perform it. And the combination of the two, since you have practiced visualization on these techniques for quite some time and now you're just refreshing yourself and clearing the mechanism and actually practicing it, probably leads to the right setup for success. Right. And it's also another opportunity is if you have some time before um, uh, a critical patient comes into your trauma bay to be able to discuss part of your visualization with the rest of the team. Be able to say, hey, you know, they're going to be coming on in. 
we're going to help transfer them over to the bed. It's going to be very important that we continue to con uh, continue chest compressions um, with the least amount of interruptions. We're going to have um, our resident at the head of the bed. They're going to be intubating. I'm going to be down here. Um, it's going to be very important for the whole team to be working together, working on IV access, and also communicating really well. So a, a very brief type of um, group visualization almost uh, could be helpful for, for a stressful situation for some people that maybe don't always see those. For me, I also, this kind of ties into a similar deep dives we talked about where, you know, we talk about cognitive offloading. This does that for me. Yes. Because I've already thought yes. about it. I talk about making assignments and having very um, standardized the way we do medicine and care for traumas, for cardiac arrest. This does this. It kind of leads into that idea that it makes me a better standardizer of what I do because right. I've thought about it. And it truly makes the room flow better. It makes any kind of ha hazy situation flow a lot better. Now, granted, that's, it makes my side flow better. That doesn't mean that crazy isn't going to come back at me. But right. It means that you know my side of it's going to be a little more standardized, a little less hectic, um, a little more duck on the pond kind of look. So. I think it's also more it's important as the the team leader in this kind of thing to have that, yeah. because I think the the other craziness in the room can be dampened down if they realize that the person that's leading this is much more cool, calm, collected, and is able to to really give a good, calm um, leadership. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jeff, thanks for sharing your ideas on visualization. I think it's something that we all do and practice, and I encourage everyone listening to practice before you play, and visualization is a great way to actually do that. So, all right, till the next episode, thanks for listening, and be sure to check us out on all of our social media sites. So like us on Twitter. There's a bunch of them. No, like yeah, us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, soon to maybe be coming to something else. Who knows? We'll talk about it later. All right, till next time. Give me